Let's uh, bow and uh, open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're very humbled and gathering here this morning. We rejoice on this special day, Easter Sunday. We rejoice on the true meaning of this Easter Sunday, the resurrection from the grave of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, you've changed the direction of each one of our lives in this great event. And Lord, now we just pray that what goes forth from today will be a blessing. We'll lift up worship and praise to you, Lord. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon the choir as they come forth to sing some songs. Lord, may you just bless them. We thank them for their, their diligent service in this great ministry. We pray that these, these hymns and songs will go out and touch people's hearts and tell them more about you, who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, we pray for the message that comes forth. We pray for our dear brother Ada, Lord. May you just bless him with a message that will affect our lives. And Lord, we pray for those who aren't with us today. We think of our dear brother Bill, who who's recovering from surgery, and Dean and others who are not with us due to illness. We're thankful for the, the internet that, that will allow them to see the message. And Lord, now we just pray for your blessing upon this day. You've given it to us, and we're very grateful for it. Lord, we ask your continued blessing upon our time together. Lord, we love you, and we praise you in your name. Amen. there was a king who sat high upon his throne the ruler of the universe God and God alone but his heart was broken by a world held captive 
captive in their sin. A ransom must be paid to redeem them back to Him. So God in His great wisdom revealed His master plan. He'd send the Son of God to become the Son of Man. Once
So we wanted to share this poem with you, titled, The Cross Was His Own. They borrowed a bed to lay his head at Jesus' incarnation. They borrowed the colt on which he rode midst shouts of jubilation. But the crown that he wore and the cross he bore were his own. The cross was his own. He borrowed the bread when that crowd was fed on the grassy mountainside. He borrowed the fish when the people did wish their hunger satisfied. But the crown he wore and the cross he bore were his own. The cross was his own. He borrowed the ship in which to sit, to teach the crowd that pressed. He borrowed pots which were filled to the top and made wine the very best. But that crown he wore and that cross he bore were his own. That cross was his own. He borrowed a room on the way to the tomb the Passover feast to eat. They borrowed a cave, for him a grave. They borrowed the linen sheet. But that crown he wore and that cross he bore were his own. The cross was his own. The thorns on his head were worn in my stead. For me, the Savior died. The guilt of my sin drove the nails in when him they crucified. Though the crown he wore and the cross he bore were his own, the cross was his own. You wrote for me You love the world 
taught the sun where to stand in the morning and who told the ocean you can only come this far and who showed the moon where to hide till evening whose words alone can catch a falling star I know my Redeemer lives yes I know my Redeemer lives all of creation testifies this life within
I know that my Redeemer lives, right? Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand. They did a good job here. Amen. 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 Thank you, choir. We have a great God, don't we? And we have a living God. That's the most important. I uh, am so thrilled to be with you today. And I'm very happy this is Resurrection Day. Christ lives forever. And I know very well that we have in our midst the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's not a town meeting. It's a church meeting whereby we can come and honor his name and worship him. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the central fact of Christian history and the solid foundation of our faith today. On it, the church is built. Without it, there would be no Christian church. Let it be understood. Jesus' resurrection is unique. I mean by that. No one died and rose from the dead except the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what makes him God incarnated in man. Other religious System have a strong ethical systems or whatever. They have concepts about paradise. And uh, uh, they talk about afterlife. And they have various books to follow. And so on and so forth. But they cannot claim, whoever they follow, they cannot claim that he went, died, and rose again from death. They cannot. They visit their tombs, and that's all they can say. But you know, we never read, and that's for you, that the disciples, after Jesus rose from the dead, that they went and visited his tomb at all. Never. Take that, put it down in your Bible. They never visit his tomb because there is nothing there to visit. It was empty. Actually, they went there and met him at the different places he was with them. Only Christianity has a God who became human, went to the cross for his people, and was raised in power and glory for his church, and that is forever. As we celebrate Easter today, we look at the empty tomb and shout, O oh, death, where is your victory? Death has been defeated. Jesus is alive and gave us the assurance he promised. Because I live, you shall live also. Jesus was looking forward to his resurrection life. It would be the pledge of life for all who trusted in him. Even if they should die, they would be raised again to die no more. As a young man, the El Moody was called upon suddenly to preach a funeral sermon. 
He hunted all through the four Gospels trying to find one Gospel that finds Jesus Christ attending a funeral and preaching a funeral sermon. He searched, but in vain. He gave up what he found in the Gospels that Christ broke up every funeral he ever attended. Death could not exist where he was. When the dead heard his voice, they sprang to life because he is the resurrection and the life. He said it, and we are so thankful for that. Today, I want to share with you the resurrection, what it means to us. And if you want to make you understand it more and the benefits that we have through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The very first thing that is so good to us, the very first benefit, if you will please, is the salvation plan has been accomplished. And it says in the Bible, in John 19, 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. And then afterwards he said, it is finished. It is finished. That means the work that saves what he came for, actually, is done. He was crucified. He was disowned. Took our place on that cross of shame. Died bearing our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose victorious. Ascended to heaven and sat down at the right hand of glory. Hallelujah. What a savior. Amen. The work his father that has given him. To do, he did. And what was it? It was pouring out his soul as an offering for sin. The work of redemption and of atonement, all this and much more, including his death, burial, and resurrection, were as certain as if already has been accomplished. So the Lord Jesus could announce that the way has been provided, the road has been paved whereby sinners could be saved and salvation by faith through the grace of God now is available for everyone. And aren't you happy we have such a living Savior? In Hebrews he mentioned that he offered himself as a sacrifice. It wasn't, as the Bible says, silver or gold. It wasn't a sacrifice of an animal at all. He sacrificed himself. He offered himself. And, you know, it used to be that everyone had to offer a sacrifice for sin and repeatedly all over their lives because they kept sinning and they kept offering sacrifice. But this God himself, Christ our Savior, offered himself once and for all. And what did he do after that? He went and sat 
at the right hand of glory, meaning my work has been done, it is finished, I don't have to do it again. We have a Savior, and this Savior is a living Savior who is sitting for us all. The work has been done, and what we have to do is enter into his eternal rest. Aren't you happy, safe person? Aren't you happy that we have such a great Savior? So we can stand this morning and shout, Oh, death, where is your victory? Thank God for the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, the very first benefit, Christians, for us, is the salvation plan has been accomplished. You don't have to do anything. And I've been talking to many, many people in my life. I said, what do I have to do to get saved? You have, by faith, accept the Lord Jesus Christ, accept his work on the cross of Calvary, that he died, offered himself as a sacrifice, and there he atoned for your sin. All you need to do is say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior from sin. And I take you to be my savior. All that. You don't have to do anything. It's been done. It's been done. It's been accomplished. What a benefit. What a privilege that we have. The second thing, it's we have now, since Jesus died and rose from the dead, it's been established. We don't have any doubt about that. We have an intercessor. I went to the dictionary to just make it easy for me and for you all. The intercessor, it's to interpose, dictionary, in behalf of someone to reconcile. To reconcile. We have a person who is there to reconcile us with God. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews 7.25, hence... Also, he is able to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Do you need someone to make an intercession for you? You need someone alive. You need someone. You, you, you can't use someone who's dead. You need someone who's well alive and kicking. And Jesus Christ is alive to take that place and intercedes for us. It is by Christ's victorious resurrection from the dead that the ministry of intercession is made possible. He is able to be our Savior from the penalty of sin, from the practice of sin, and eventually from the very presence of sin. And he is living there for us. Can you imagine that God is there just waiting to take charge of anything pertaining us, pertaining you, dear Christian? And not only an intercessor we have, we have a mediator. And if we ask the lawyers, what is a mediator, you know, and some, some people who went through divorces or met through, they needed a mediator. 
So I have to go to the dictionary again. Someone appointed by the court to settle a dispute as an intermediary. That's a mediator. We have, I have good news, an able mediator. We have a mediator who doesn't take sides. We have a mediator who is true and trustworthy, sitting there just for you and me. And the Bible says about that, there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all. The professing church worldwide today, I say it with total sadness, has failed in her responsibility by introducing many mediators. Many. And the Bible says there's what? One, help me, one mediator. One. And there are many, they have taken the church in general today has many mediators. They have Mary, the mother of Jesus, which we all honor and love, but she is not a mediator. They have uh, uh, allow me to say, saints, saints. They have clergy as mediators between man and Jesus Christ, me, man and God. They have all this, etc. We can name so many, but for lack of time, these and others could not, will not, and are not effective at all in mediation. The only mediator who can take your case and present it before God is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have also, he has another, another work that he's done. We have an advocate. They're all maybe synonyms, but we have an advocate. And what is an advocate? It's the act of pleading for, supporting or recommending a cause or course of action on behalf of another. Let me say something. Who can defend your case better than Jesus Christ? You know, as Christians, we do, we do make mistakes. We do sin. Don't we sin? I'm the first one. We, we, we sin. We commit mistakes. We have gaffes in life. And we lose our temper sometimes. We have so many times, I had to say it, we dishonor God. Though we don't mean it. But who is the best advocate? And Satan goes there and says, you see what Adol did today? You see, you see. And the great advocate says, you cannot even touch them. I have died for their sin." I have died for this. I have died for this weakness. I have died for this sin. And I paid. And look, look at my hands. I have paid for it forever and ever. You have nothing against them. What an advocate. And you know what? He's never lost a case. I said it before. I tell you that. And he cannot take you to court because we always settle out of court. We always settle out of court because Jesus Christ is an advocate, an able advocate. And you know what? He's not, I say, he doesn't, when you get, when Satan gets there, or the enemy of the children, 
goes there to point fingers at them. He doesn't say, oh, well, I tell you, this is not a specialty. You go to a lawyer now with the respect all your lawyer says, murder is not my specialty. Family thing is not my specialty. Uh, I am only specialized in such and such. But Jesus Christ is specialized in everything. Whatever you take to him. Why? Because he is alive. He is not dead. You are going to a, to a living Christ. He's specialized for everything. Bring it on, he said. Bring it on. What is it today? I died for it. What is it? I paid for it. What is it? My blood was shed for it. Whatever it is, he is specialized in everything. The world with their mediation, the people who are uh, being used. Clergy cannot do it. A pastor cannot do it. Because we have all to go and confess our sins to him. So, the third thing, I'm trying to beat the time. The third thing, we have three in one, by the way. Three in one. Mediator, intercessor, and what else? An advocate, and that covers everything. So, I tell you one thing. Uh, though I don't want to cut the, uh, the life of the, I don't know how to say, the life of all those lawyers, uh, don't go to them. Go to the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I said it, I said it. <laughs> anyway, praise God for the lawyers that we have. They help us. But the greatest advocate is Jesus Christ. And then the third thing and the last thing, we have a friend and a companion for the road. We have a friend and a companion. He said he accomplished everything for us. He's our advocate, he's our lawyer, he's a, and we have a friend. Life is complicated. Don't you agree with me? Life is a, and sometimes life, we say life is a mystery. Uh, our earthly life is filled with experiences, challenges, expectations, and name it. And as we journey, we go through a lot of changes and in, a, in varied situations. So the Lord made it possible for us not to face it alone. He made himself available to help us. And how can he help us more than, he says, I am walking with you every day. He encouraged us with his words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. My favorite verse. His abiding presence is always with us. Remember when he said goodbye to the disciples and gave them he gave them the commission. He said goodbye. What did he say? What was his last word to them then? He says, Lo, I am with you till the end of the age. Lo, I am with you. What a promise. And he is with us. David said, God is my shepherd. And he is his companion. He was his friend. And he, though he made so many mistakes, again, he had an advocate. He had someone to forgive him and to give him another chance in life. Notice also that he is with us in whatever situation we go through. And who remembers, and many preachers today are preaching about 
uh, chapter 24 of the book of Luke about the two disciples that were so disappointed that Jesus died and they never heard that he rose from the dead and they were going down home on the way to Emmaus about seven miles. I walked that, by the way. And he, he uh, and suddenly, suddenly, Jesus Christ approached them. Uh, I mean, I want to ask the Lord Jesus Christ, aren't you so busy on the day of resurrection to take care of so many things in the world just to give your special attention to two poor disciples going home? He said, yeah. He, uh, what a heart we have in Jesus Christ. He said, these were two disciples. Uh, and you know what the Bible says? And he began traveling with them, walking with them. What a companion. What a companion. Are you disappointed? Are you down? Are you disheartened? Are you brokenhearted? You have the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not alone. He will come down and walk with you, dear Christian. What happened when he walked with them? In brief, he cleared their minds. They were saying, we were, we were hoping, we were hoping, as he said. He said, wait a minute. He reviewed the Bible with them. He reviewed it from the Old Testament until that moment. He cleared their minds. He relieved their fears. This is our Christ. He cleared their mind. Apply it. He relieved their fears. He dissipated their confusion. He strengthened their faith. He broke bread with them. And opened their eyes and left them with burning hearts. This is Jesus Christ. This is our... A dead Christ cannot do that. Please hear me. Only a living Savior can do that. Any, only a living Savior can be your advocate, your intercessory, can be your intermediary can walk with you and talk with you and uplift you and give you hope in life and give you eternal life on top. Give me one name. Give me a name under the sun who is just as comes as close. No one. Let them do whatever they want. We have a living Savior. And you know what? These two disciples, they did not say, oh, okay, great, fantastic, <clears throat> now Jesus is alive. No. They didn't say, we're tired. We walked about seven, eight miles. I mean, time to have a good dinner or wash our feet and go to bed. You know what happened? They had energy. They packed everything and went back to Jerusalem to preach the gospel. To tell the world that what? Jesus, you know, when they went, they went directly to the disciple. And you know what they said? The Lord has really risen. Luke 24, 34. The Lord has really, they had a message. And you and I have a message. The Lord is alive. And the Lord is a savior. And he can save you right in your seat this afternoon. What a dear companion. And what a precious friend. On top of all this, he encourages us every day to go to this world and project his image. Let us cling to him. He is a friend, the Bible says, who
who sticks closer than a brother. Rest assured, he fulfills his promises. So far, every promise he gave and he made, he fulfilled. And no one can say this promise was not fulfilled. There is one promise he promised, and it's yet to be fulfilled. And you know, the last promise he promised his church and the believers in the world, I don't know, I, I'm not going to tell, ask you to lift your hands. I'm going to relieve you from this. Uh, are you tense? I'm not going to ask anyone. Okay, I want to relieve you. He said in Revelation 22:12. we heard about it about two, three weeks ago. I am coming quickly. This did not happen yet. He's coming back. Because what? He's not dead. He's alive. He's coming back quickly to gather his people, take his church to live with him forever. If I'm addressing this afternoon, someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, someone who says, no, I, he cannot be my advocate, because I didn't hire him, I, or I, I don't belong to him. You can belong to him today. Easy. There is still an opportunity for you to have this advocate, to have this intermediary, to have this Christ who walks with you every day, to have the Savior touch you, to have him uplift you. To have him deal with your problems. To take you in his arms and say, whatever it is, your sins are so great, I am here. I bore them on the cross for you. If I am talking, speaking to someone like this, all I ask you, Jesus Christ is alive. He is here. He is passing by. Don't let this opportunity Slip by without asking, Lord Jesus, I take you as my Savior. I am a sinner. Save me. I want you from now on to be my companion for life. I want to walk with you. Please, would you take me by the hand and walk with me? And you know, he's waiting. He's waiting at the door of your heart. He, this is why he came, lived amongst us died on the cross, buried, rose again for such a moment for you. He came just for you to save you and give you life, an eternal life. Would you take him as your savior? Would you? And you know what? Today is Easter. You can celebrate Easter in a different way. You can celebrate it with having Jesus as your own Savior. This is the one who rose from the dead, is there waiting for you to take you by the hand and tell you, let us celebrate together. And with that, you take him and walk with him and don't go out through these doors before making that decision. And then you will have a happy Easter. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If there's someone this afternoon who realizes that he needs or she needs 
Jesus Christ as Savior. You need that companion. You need that advocate. You need that intermediary. You need that companion to walk with you through life. It's dangerous to walk without him. So if there's someone, would you pray this prayer after me? With every, every head bowed, every eye closed, let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who came to this world and died on the cross. You died, address the Lord this way. Lord Jesus, you died for my sin. You died to set me free from sin. I take you as my Savior. I believe by faith. I believe what you did. You did it on my behalf. You took my place so you can give me true life and life eternal. I take you as my own Savior. Forgive me. Wash me with your blood from my sins. And I believe by faith that you did it. Amen. And the Lord bless his people. As for us Christians, go forward. Let's, as I said, as I said project the image of our risen Savior. Amen. Happy Easter. The Lord is risen. Amen. God bless you and be with you. See you all tomorrow.